Welcome to the Maternity and Midwifery Hour, brought to you once a week by the Maternity and Midwifery Forum. This podcast is supported by Matflix, video streaming from maternity experts. All your CPD needs made easy. If you need to get your revalidation done or have a student project to complete, Matflix is the one-stop shop. to this 15th episode of the Maternity Midwifery Hour. My name is Sue McDonald. I'm the curator for this hour and for the Maternity Midwifery Festivals. It's my delight, absolute delight to be with you this evening. And with It's slightly different this evening and you'll notice we had the wonderful midwifery ambassadors with us singing um, from and that was the Over the Rainbow which was done for charity and it was just lovely to see all those midwives and hear those beautiful, beautiful voices. So thank you to all of them. And I know some of them are watching, so we'll say hello to you all. And and I'm also delighted to be joined by a small selection because we're limited. We can't really have like 50 people, but we have a small selection of our special friends and previous guests from this last year. So we have Dr. Jenny Hall, we have Nicolette Porter, we have Diane Garland, we have G- Sheena Byram OBE and Professor Jacqueline Dunkley Bent OBE. And I'm going to put them all on the spot now and ask them to share what their favourite Christmas food is. Just one. We'll start with Diane. Who's, who's muted. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. I absolutely oh. adore Brussels Ooh. sprouts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't. Okay, Jenny, how about you? All of it. No, I... <laughs> cranberry sauce and roast potatoes Ooh, and yum. parsnips. That's... That's all of it. No, you only have one. Oh, oh, cranberry sauce. I have it all year anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you. How about Nicolette? I think for me it'll be pigs and blankets. Pigs and blankets, oh, wonderful. And how about Sheena? Um, I think mince pies. Mince pies. My sister makes the most amazing mince pies. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, she was on the one show actually once doing them. Ooh. And so, yeah, I love mince pies. <laughs> wonderful. Okay. And Jackie? Oh, it has to be Christmas pudding ah christmas pudding (laughs) any pudding but christmas pudding. (laughs) oh fantastic well thank you for that that's wonderful so we're now feeling a bit peckish and in the mood so if you're watching and you've got access to a glass of wine or a cup of tea or whatever you can start sort of thinking about your christmas festive eatering and and so we'll i'm just going to share a few slides this is to keep me on my toes really and this should work nicely, hopefully. Do, 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 I usually make my speakers do all of this without me having to do it. So I'm just starting with a, a few little reflections on the last year, because it's been, it's been a very, it feels like a very fast year this year, actually. And, and I just, thought this is what has kind of overseen everything, which is the COVID virus, which is even now messing things up for people and 
you know, the infection rates are going up hugely. So I'm going to often repeat these things. Look after yourself, stay safe as, as much as you can with you and your loved ones, because it's difficult times and it's very tiring times, I think. Ugh, horrible. It looks so pretty, too. So we started with sort of lockdown and I always think of, about these images because what's important, though everyone was closed or it felt like everywhere was closed, of course, the maternity services carried on as we have to do because mums and babies come to us all year, all, all year round. Babies still get born, mums still need that care. And I think one of the fantastic things over the year was that the, the creative ways that midwives worked to make sure that care was delivered safely and it was at a high quality and mothers felt looked after and, and well cared for. So that was quite a big thing. So the images for me are of all of these, you know, the PPE, but and but and, all, and obviously the computers, because a lot of care was given and um, through not Zoom, through um, the Microsoft um, Teams to, to try and get mums to feel as though they could contact their midwife. Um, and I always think about this because obviously the maternity and midwifery hour, which is I have a special place in my heart for, we started in response to the pandemic and we really wanted to provide CPD, continuing professional development information and the linkage for midwives, for students and other people in maternity services, including mums and dads actually, and doulas and maternity care support workers, and I know we have a lot of people from all over the world and welcome to you. And I'm really pleased you've joined us this, this evening. And we've basically had every Wednesday, seven to eight, and we're carrying on. And we're just now preparing for series six. And we've had some absolutely fantastic speakers. I couldn't even choose my favourite, but we are going to have a sort of a number one hit parade in the new year of all the, the uh, videos and clips that you like best. So I won't have to choose my favourite because I, uh, I can't because they're all so special and fantastic. So we've had continuity of care. It's been a big theme. We've had infant feeding. We've had really importantly, culture, race and bias. And we've had a lot about education and the student perspective. So it's been really rich for um, the participants who've joined us. It's been great. Um, and we've had also had the festivals, which have been mostly online. We've started doing some hybrid um, sessions. So we had Cardiff and Edinburgh. You'll see picture there. Fantastic. Was wonderful to have face to face contact with some midwives and student midwives. And I think the midwives really enjoyed it. And the student midwives, obviously. Um, it was all COVID compliant. We had all our fancy masks and all our hand sanitizer and we were all socially distanced. So it was, it was very good. But of course, we can always move on to being online if we need to, um, because we've got that flexibility. And it does mean wherever you are, you can join us, which is fantastic. But if you want to come to London, here we have London. I'm not sure if we'll get that particular view, but it'll be there for there. And I'm just sort of highlighting that. And I, I know you many of you will be feeling this, you know, these services we're under stress, we're under pressure. There's a lot in the media about there's not enough midwives. We've known that for a long time. And actually the pressure is really hard. The strength and creativity has been fantastic, but also we do need to look after ourselves. We've got lots of different ways of, of working. And I'm sh I suspect that one or two of our speakers might talk about continuity because that's been a, a very 
strong theme again not just through sharing the hour but some of the speakers who've been able to share their service changes and the things they've been able to do through covid pandemic but what i want to really say because i think it's really important that we need to look after our teams we need to look after each other we need to look after ourselves making sure people are getting enough rest and recreation and using all the resources that are around. And I know I don't know if the Wobble Rooms are as active as they were, but I hope they are. And if they're not, you need to recharge them because that's really important to have space for yourself, relaxation for yourself, and then all the mental health strategies that we need as practitioners and as people to keep going because there's a lot on everybody. And women especially, but I know men do this as well, we're all jugglers and we're juggling with everything and we need to take care of ourselves. We also need to look at very much at increasing midwife numbers, but also making sure we keep the people we've got. That's really key. So I'm re reiterating the kindness is crucial right from the top to our colleagues, to ourselves and to our students so we can all be there. And I just want to say a big thank you to you um, for joining us on these hours, but also the thanking, thanking you for all the things that you're doing, each in your individual way, because I know people are re really working so hard. Now, I know we've got, and, and my colleague in the background is going to be able to play the little um, video clip of what we've done over the last year. So that should be coming into action at any second now. And of course, big but that was lovely to see everything. That was just a little, a little edited highlights. There'll be more later at a later point. Um, but what I did forget was our Christmas quiz. We're having a little quiz with uh, prizes, two prizes, and there's just five fairly simple questions, and they're going to be kind of multiple choice that you can go in for the competition. There's a little form at the bottom of the um, in on the live feed. And here it is, and they'll be they'll be there available to, to uh, answer. Okay, number one, if you gave all the gifts listed in the 12 days of Christmas, how many would there be? All right, think on that. And that's the first day of Christmas my true love gave to me, that one. More babies are conceived at Christmas than any other time of year. You know, your midwives and student midwives, is that true or false? Which ocean is Christmas Island situated in? That's a bit trickier if you're not geographically competent like my, me. Never mind. If you were born on Christmas Day, what is your star sign? And in the classic Vicar of Dibley Christmas special, the Christmas lunch incident, how many Christmas dinners does Geraldine Granger have to eat? And then I want a little bit, what's your favourite thing about Christmas? That's all you need to do to get it into the chance of getting a prize. I believe there are two £25 vouchers to, up for grabs, but my guests are not eligible for any of them, I'm afraid. But they do know the answers. <laughs> we'll check. Anyway, I'm going to move without further ado to our first little um, treat in the selection box, which is Dr Jenny Hall. And this is around because you've got a bit of free time over Christmas. Maybe. Um, and this uh, many of you, many of you will know 
Dr. Jenny Hall. She's chaired several maternity hour sessions. She was a previous editor of The Practicing Midwife and has written widely on midwifery, education, reflection and creativity. And she's recently written, if you haven't read it, a great article on the newest edition of The Big Issue and is an educationist, a passionate midwife and creative wonder. She helped get us knitting little midwives a, a few years back, I think five years ago, maybe? 2016. Very re good recruitment drive, Jenny. Yeah. And she's also an editor for Matflix and fellow of the Royal College of Midwives and senior fellow of the Higher Education Academy. And welcome, Jenny. The screen is now yours. Well, I'm not going to do anything with the screen. It's just going to be okay. me. <laughs> I'm just going to have myself tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to talk to you. And, and um, my aim is to encourage actually more of you, um, whether you're midwife students, whether, you, well, everybody, birth workers, to write a bit more. And there are lots of reasons behind that. And I, I'm gonna just try and race through this because I, I know that, that I could talk for hours on, on this particular subject. And as Sue has said, I'm, I've been involved in writing and um, editing for a number of years. And my first article that I ever had published was in 1990, just to show you that it actually still exists. Mm. I've still got it here. It was in a journal called The Midwife Health Visitor and Community Nurse. And it was, at that time I'd been qualified for a, a few little years by then. And I was getting a bit frustrated with some of the people that I was working with. And I wrote a letter. It was actually meant to be a letter and it ended up being published as the editorial. Um, I don't think I'm going to have time to actually sort of write about it, but, but to read you any of it. But, but basically it, it, it was about um, the attitude and the lack of care that some of these midwives were, were actually showing to the people that they were caring for. And it was about relationship with the women, those kind of things. And funnily enough, is what we're still dealing with now, very sadly, after all this time. And, and I, I put actually in it, agreed, we're all meant to be a caring profession, but we are hopeless at caring for ourselves and for each other. And if we're unable to do these, how can we expect to truly care for our clients? And we are still in that situation mm. now. So perhaps some point in time I might get it online again because I um, can mm. do that anyway. So to write, but why? Why do I want you to write? Why should we be writing? Well, basically, we, I think we need many more voices from midwives, birth workers, maternity care assistants, students to be heard, to be seen, to show the public globally that we have stories to tell. And there is so much to say about midwifery. We could talk about so many different things. Mm. And who? Well, everyone, as far as I'm concerned. So many times over the years as an educator, I have had midwives and students say to me, well, I can't write, I can't do it. Well, I actually disagree, everybody can do it. If you have taken part in a course, for example, over the past 30 years, you will have to have write, written assignments. Mm. You will have had to have done so. You would have, you know, some people have done masters and they've been sat on the shelf ever since. If you've done a conference presentation or a presentation for an interview, or if you, even if you have done one of these wonderful midwifery hour talks, then you've actually done quite a bit of work 
towards it. And do you know how easy it is to turn that into an article? I can't give you details about that now, but I can. I can tell you how to do it. If you have been ranting on Facebook about current midwifery issues, of which I have seen a lot of people doing recently, mm. and in their frustration, why not turn that into a publication somewhere? So there are various issues that, that you can deal with. And what about educators? If you have developed a new innovative way of learning over this past year or over your program, actually, do you know how little there is written about midwifery mm. education out there globally? So little. We're, we're just not sharing practice. Nurses are doing it a bit better than we are. But midwifery educators, please get out there and start writing some of the things that you're doing to, sh to share with other people. Why are we still reinventing the wheel with each other? And there's managers and leaders and PMAs. We need you to share your good practice. And I'm not mentioning researchers particularly because actually you often have to, to write up mm -hmm. your publications anyway as part of your project. But, but we all know that the data that comes from a research project is out here somewhere and your research papers end up being this bit what about the rest of the data and what about writing some summaries for um, midwives in clinical practice about what you have done and why it's important or for new new researchers about how you did your project how how did you get ethics approval things like that are, are so important to people who are just coming into research so what? What are you going to write about? Well, the world's your oyster. Midwives are involved in clinical practice, research, education, politics, ethics, health promotion, and the, the topics are just, are just wide. Women's health, we could be talking about contraception. But what is pushing your buttons at the moment? What is, is making you feel that actually you're frustrated about it or you're really happy about it and you want to share it what have you written about already in your studies or during your interview what what about a reflective piece that you're using for your revalidation why is it just staying to staying with the nmc why can't you actually send that out into practice into publications as well how is a little bit more complicated and I will explain more of this in detail if you decide that you're going to come to London because I'm going to do a workshop on, on publication there. Um, however, the first thing is actually to get something actively down on paper or onto a computer. Now I'm old, you know, I've been doing this a long time. So what I have to do is actually, I tend to write things out on paper first quickly before I do it onto a computer because it actually helps with my ideas. Having a notebook by the bed late at night is really important for me because I get my best ideas just as I'm dropping off to sleep, which is very irritating, but that's often what happens. And um, what have you also, sorry, where well, I've lost, I've now completely lost the plot. I tend, to, I tend to like splurging out with a pen, but some people use something called the Pomodoro technique. And if you haven't come across that, that's very good for students as well is where you set out a time, perhaps a period of time for about two hours in the morning or, or whatever it is, and you write for 25 minutes and then you have a break for five minutes and then you write for 25 minutes, then you have a break. 
these kind of things actually really help some people to to get things out on paper and the idea is actually to write anything you don't you don't need to sort of think about it you just write everything that's coming out and then you can go back and edit it later so these kind of things actually there are different tip, tricks and uh, tools that can actually help you um, but I know time is a huge factor. I do recognize that, which is why if you do something like the Pomodoro technique, that, that really does help. And also writing with other people is really helpful. So find somebody else who is more experienced perhaps and say, can we write something together? And, and I'm pretty sure that most people would be willing to, to say, yes, of course, we, we can do something together. So where are you going to publish? There are so many different places these days. Back in the 80s, we had few places to publish. You wouldn't believe it really how much publication has gone on over the past few years. And of course, the, the amazing internet that we now have. And there are so many things to choose from. Um, and you have blogs as well. And actually you could just set up your own blog. You don't have to publish it somewhere else. You can just do your own thing if you want to, which is absolutely fine. Thank you very much. And check on the guidance, obviously, of different publications about whether it's going to be suitable for you to publish for them. For example, if you decide that you want to write for an engineering magazine, it's very likely that they won't accept you unless it's something, something relevant from a midwifery perspective. But contact an editor for help. I'm gonna skip through for some of these things, books and chapters, you can do later on perhaps or also you may get asked to do a chapter and often working with somebody else can help to start you off when to start no time like the present why not make it a little aim in your break over christmas if you do get one or on night duty no that's not realistic is it? <laughs> okay but as students you know try and get together and encourage each other saying what can we do how, how can we ask our tutors for guidance for example to, to get in publication get together as a team and say can we write something about about this wonderful piece of service improvement that we've done and finally there are sometimes opportunities to write different things and I have written something which I don't know if I'm allowed to have I got time I will very 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 quickly I very much promise because it's literally 55 words and there was a an a um a competition in or not a competition there was a a, a journal called Families, systems and health which I'd never heard of before but they put out a call to say could you write something in 50 words about transformation so if you don't mind, I'm just going to read this for you because it might mean something. Simone has disappeared inside herself, breathing deeply. At the end of each breath, a moan escapes. She dances, upright, alone, alive, as her partner holds space and loves her. I am an observer. Suddenly, she leans forward. The atmosphere is charged. I want to push! Hair, crown, face, and body appear. Simone returns, a mother. 
So that's just something quite different that you can do. And what I'm going to suggest to you is to think about over Christmas is whether you can write in 100 words, because I'm going to give you 100 rather than 50, to write something about new beginnings. I'm going to give you that challenge. And if you want to send them in to me here at the Midwifery Forum, then we will choose the best five that we will publish in the next year. Or if we get lots of them, we might publish more over the year. And of course, if anybody wants to write as well for the blog, whether you're a student or a PhD student or a midwife, then please get in touch with us and we'll be very pleased to hear from you. Thank you very much for listening. Fabulous, fabulous. Thank you, Jenny. I love being reminded about the Pomodoro technique and it's a really good strategy, actually. Really helpful because it, it sort of gets you really focused if you... Because I think mostly we're all trying to rush around, trying to do a million things. And when you're writing, you do need to sit down and accept the first few words you put down might not be brilliant. But I have to say those 50 words are brilliant. And really, I brought a lump to my throat to think because we've all been there as midwives helping a mum, well, a woman become a mum and a, a, a dad become a a parent as well, that, that whatever connections they have. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Jenny. So take Jenny up on, a, on the challenge for next year. You know where to send everything. I'm going to move swiftly on to Nicolette now. Uh, Nicolette Porter, and she's going to talk about the student midwives uh, Christmas. And I'm really so pleased to introduce Nicolette because she's been with us before. She's in her third year as a student midwife at, uni at Middlesex University. She's a student ambassador for Capital Midwife and co-editor of the Student Midwife Journal. Very passionate about promoting inclusive, individualised care and sharing knowledge informing midwifery practice to her fellow students. She's also got a special interest in improving, improving the experience of autistic women and birthing people using maternity services. And she was the winner of the Nursing Times Student Midwife of the Year. She's also thinking about doing a master's and research when she completes in between everything else. So welcome, Nicolette. Now the screen is yours. You're it. Thank you very much. Yeah, so my name is Nicolette and I'm a third year student midwife. Um, so I'm going to talk a bit about Christmas as a student midwife. So not everyone's course is structured in the same way, um, but my university course is structured so that we have a two week break over the Christmas period. Um, but break might be the wrong word to use as many of us have exams and assessments and OSCEs when returning in the new year. So studying over the Christmas break is still really important to keep on top of it all. So today I wanted to talk a bit about how to keep afloat during the Christmas season, how to stay on top of it all. Um, and with Christmas being a focal point at the end of every year, it provides a really convenient opportunity to just stop and think and have thoughtful conversations and reflect on how the past year has gone. Um, so just think to yourself, what was your midwifery highlight this year? For me personally, it was receiving really positive feedback um, from a really kind couple that I supported on Labour Ward and they had really kind words and encouraging words and that was that was a midwifery highlight for me this year but also think what was your personal life highlight so for me it was being able to share the Nursing Times student awards ceremony with my sister and being able to 
share my achievements with my family. So the reason why I bring up midwifery highlights and personal life highlights is that they are equally important. Mm -hmm. And your midwifery life and your personal life, they need to be balanced. And sometimes it can be very, very easy for an imbalance to occur with these things. It becomes your entire life. And although you love it, you need to remember that there's so much more to you and there's other things that you've got to consider. So that's why I do want to encourage other student advisors listening today to take this little holiday period as an opportunity to recharge your batteries and to completely relax and give yourself permission to take a break. Give yourself permission to have a little bit of fun because, you know, you, this is my final year. So next year I, I won't have this opportunity. So it's really important to do that. Um, so the way that I am negotiating that with myself is by having one week of that holiday be completely relaxing and the other week of that holiday using for revision and using to catch up um and it's really important to make that distinction last year I think I spent two days of the whole Christmas break not doing anything and the rest of it was studying and that's unsustainable you don't want to go into the new year already being tired you need to use this opportunity to catch up and it will be worthwhile if you split it in this way so 2022 it's going to be the year that will hopefully bring a lot of opportunities and experiences it will be the year that I continue working with the student midwife journal as co-editor as you said and I'm really proud of the work that we're doing there and I'm really excited to share some of the publications that we're working on um 2022 will also be the year I finish my dissertation 2022 will also be the year I qualify as a midwife and I begin my first job as a midwife. So I'm really, really excited for 2022. And I hope that the new year will bring for all of you and just the midwifery profession in general uh, a much happier year, um, better working conditions for midwives, a sense of community that we're all doing it together. So I really hope you feel uplifted and I hope that next year will be a better year for us all. And thank you for letting me speak thank you so much Nicola how lovely that's really positive and you've managed to get a lot in that few minutes I know we've all been only have a little bit of time but thank you so much because I think it's reminding people to get a balance and that studying and, and the, the assignments still need to be done but you need to have your your own time as well so thank you so much and thank you for being with us so I'm going to rush on now and now we're going on to Diane Garland at, and she's going to be talking about a midwives Christmas she's obviously got a passion for midwifery and for water birth so you know Diane from her sessions on water birth she started her own uh, company in 2005 midwife expert and she's been doing a lot of um well she was before the, the uh, pandemic a lot of uh, global work but now works a lot online talking about water birth she works clinically in a local hospital supporting low and high complex highly complex mums and babies she's had four books published unless i've missed one diane i hope not so welcome the screen is now yours diane thank you very much i'm uh, just gonna share my screen i only have three slides which hopefully they're gonna come up um because Sue asked me to um, just talk a little bit about <clears throat> uh, a Christmas box selection. So these are my midwifery memories. <clears throat> now, this was actually just before I qualified. This was my first Christmas as a senior student midwife. 
And I think the thing to remember in those days, uh, we all lived in, uh, we all lived on the same corridor and we shared just about everything. <clears throat> now, this was a time where students didn't get a long break at Christmas. So I thank Nicolette for saying how different it is now, although I'm not saying you don't work, it's just different type of work. But everyone in my set, and there were 17 of us, everyone except one person was given Christmas Day off. And the one person who wasn't was our Caribbean colleague, um, Christine Fortune, I will never forget her name. And she was the only one that got Christmas off. And of course, she couldn't have gone home. So she made us um, a Caribbean Christmas lunch. And I found this photograph online, which I think for many people may sum up um, a traditional Caribbean food. Um, we had all the tables um, laid out in the corridor. We had sheets that we had borrowed <clears throat> from the walls um, to make our white tablecloths. And that's how I spent my first ever Christmas, way back, as you can see, long time ago in, yeah, 1982. Now we have to have some lightheartedness. We all know it's been an incredibly difficult um, two years. I've carried on working, but there was a time um, where, you know, the, the, the fun bit out of Christmas was wearing funny hats at deliveries. And I can remember, wearing a Father Christmas hat, <laughs> would you believe doing a water birth, which of course fell off halfway through the birth anyway, but it wasn't being facetious, it wasn't being um, over funny, it was to bring some laughter into an amazing time in families, midwives, colleagues' lives, and we have to hang on to that. We all know how difficult these last two years have been. So, yeah, we used to wear funny Christmas hats. Um, there was a time where we even used to wear Christmas dangly earrings. I have no idea what um, Jackie might think about that with <laughs> our, our, our infection colleagues as well. But, you know, life was very different back in the 80s and 90s. And then the final one I just want to share, because, of course, it is so important. Christmas memories are all about the Christmas families. And yes, this is just a stock photo of a very cute baby with his or her, don't know the sex of the baby, um, Christmas outfit on. But please remember, there are colleagues and there are families who are going through very difficult times um, as normal with um, fetal losses and baby losses. So we do hang on to those memories at this time. And I've had colleagues I've lost this year and colleagues who have lost family this year. So those thoughts and memories are there. And the final photo is Father Christmas. But this is actually, and it goes back to the Christmas with colleagues. This is um, Paul, where I work. He's our IT maternity manager. And every year, Paul dresses up as Father Christmas. He's done it already this week. And he will lead the way for all of our memories for hopefully this year and beyond. So lots of memories, lots of times, and lots of times ahead. I'm still practicing, as Sue very kindly said, and I foresee that to continue for as long as they want me. And I feel useful to my families that I work with and, of course, colleagues. So have a safe, happy Christmas and New Year. Thank you, Sue. Wonderful, Diane. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for reminding us that there are 
people who are going to have a different feeling over Christmas because if you've lost anybody, you're in a different mindset and it it, it feels more at Christmas over the festive period or whenever. So thank you very much, Diane. It's always good when you get a group of midwives together because you'll always have some fantastic reminiscence. Says I'm saying that mainly to Nicolette for your future. <laughs> in twenty or thirty years' time, this will be you. So I'm go I have to move swiftly on again because we have Sheena Barham's OBE and known to most people, I would think nobody wouldn't know you, Sheena. She's worked in all areas of practice as a consultant midwife, head of midwife, midwifery. She works as an independent midwifery consultant um, providing support to NHS colleagues and global organisations. And she lectures all over the world on childbirth topics. She's got midwifery memoirs out, Catching Babies, Sunday Times bestseller. And also she's jointly edited The Rule Behind the Silence, Behind the, The Rule Behind, I've got it right in front of me, The Rule Behind the Silence. I started worrying that I've got the wrong, the wrong name and Squaring the Circle. And she received her OBE in 2011 for services to midwifery. And welcome, Sheena. Thank the screen you, is yours. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Sue. Um, it's it's a delight to be here. Thank you for inviting me to join this wonderful group of midwives and student midwives. And um, yeah, so you asked me to do a little reflection of last year and to talk about what I hope for 2022. So last year was a bit, this year really, this year was has been quite difficult um, personally because I was seriously ill in April and spent three weeks in hospital without visitors. Um, so that was the sad thing that happened. But the hopeful thing sort of in response to that was that I got better and the NHS made me better and I didn't have anything that's lasting and I'm now fighting fit again. The other thing, the sad thing that happened was that my brother-in-law died right in the middle of COVID, a very special person to us all. And during that time, several members of the family had coronavirus and we couldn't, not everybody could go to his funeral. So that was really sad. But the hopeful thing about that was that we're a really close family. We had, we have a, a huge connection. So we all looked after each other in different ways. And what happened because of that was we saw that things um, can be okay, even if they're not okay. So yeah, that was just been challenging, but I felt like I wanted to share that with everybody. And that's my personal life. And in my professional life, there's been challenges too, because I tend to be the recipient of um, uh, um, midwives and student midwives contacting me personally to tell me how hard they're finding their jobs. And, you know, it's been quite distressing, really, because some of those individuals have been very dear to me and... Um, and, and I felt their feelings and it's really kind of, you know, I've not been able to help them sort of sort of clinically. But one of the, the, the biggest hopeful thing about these situations is that every time I've um, uh, passed this information on to my senior colleagues, one of whom is Jackie, um, every time I've, I've mentioned, you know, passed this information on, have been listened to they've been listened to they've been contacted every single person we've always followed it through which is quite amazing and it, it's it's meant that 
you know, the action that has been able to be taken, however small or big. So to me, that means everything. And it's it really makes me hopeful. I also think there's been some fabulous things happen, like, for example, Jan Smith's book has been published mm-hmm. um, this this year. And I, if I'd had that book in my in my clinical career, I would have absolutely used it every day. And, you know, now I've got every page is kind of like la- labeled and astute consultant midwife has made posters the freely available to every maternity unit with all the top tips there are amazing things happening kindness people are being kind to each other looking after each other so I guess um that's given me a lot of hope and it's given me a lot of joy and it's made me smile it's made me cry and it's made me really connect with so many people and then for next year, I think what I really, I asked my daughter as well, Anna, who's a midwife, and we work very closely together. Oh, another good thing that happened this year is that Anna got a sabbatical from her role as a, as a midwife lecturer to lead Orphan Maternity, which is our organisation, which is based on compassion and kindness and sharing information. And she's leading that, um, our organisation now, which has been amazing for me. It's taken a lot of pressure off me, which is fantastic. And I know she's destined for great things. So next year, this is, this is kind of from me and Anna, and then I finished. We hope that every single midwife and student midwife finds joy, that they reconnect with their purpose So that's their purpose of being a midwife, really reconnecting with what it means to be a midwife. And that each and every student midwife and midwife feels fully supported and loved in the work that they do. And that's it. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Sheena. I I think what's wonderful, and I didn't say that you were looking after um, the all four maternity because I was trying to be get over so quickly, so I do apologise for that. But it's of okay. course, what is delicious is when you get Sheena, you get Anna as well. Almost, it's it's lovely. We have a, a fantastic double act, always there, and I think that's a lovely, lovely way to to bring it to 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 us all. I think the the idea of the connection of our purpose is fantastic. Thank you so much, Sheena. That's wonderful. Oh, okay. This I always say this hour goes so quickly and it does and we've come we're coming to our final speaker which is Professor Jacqueline Dunkley Bent OBE our Chief Midwifery Officer for England and Jacqueline's been in everywhere I think as a nurse as a midwife she's been a consultant midwife a head of midwifery she's been a director of midwifery and a professor senior lecturer curriculum lead just about everything um, and she's very much a midwifery leader and she has really led the way and been very influential, certainly in England, also UK, I think, without, within the world. Because I know there are some countries that have now got their own chief midwifery officers purely because they've seen what Jackie has achieved. So welcome, Jackie. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. So I know how busy you are. Okay, so um, thank you so much. Really delighted to be here. And I'm just going to watch the clock because I know I've only got five minutes um, to speak. But um, just wanted to say, uh, uh, in terms of reflections, actually, um, just thinking back over the last year, 
in my family, my extended family, we've had four babies, four baby girls. And for every pregnancy, I have been called no less than probably 18, 19 times at various parts of the journey. And uh, with fears, anxieties, some um, that I could answer easily and others where they were really concerned, I am black, am I going to die? That's so it was... Mm you know really really tangible um challenges um that i've had to assist with and then of course the pandemic but moving from a pub and all four baby girls are alive and well and um delighted and uh, my pocket will not be the same again at christmas time however moving into the uh workspace can i just say just looking back over the last year a huge heartfelt thank you for everything that you have done, wherever you are in our amazing NHS, um, a clinical midwife, a support um, worker, student midwife, researcher, consultant midwife, uh, midwifery lecturers, um, uh, specialist midwives, strategy policy, um, the amazing Sue McDonald, wherever you are in this architecture, we have been working phenomenally hard for women, people, babies and their families. And I just want to say a huge thank you. It's been a really challenging 20 months, least of all in the last year. Um, like no other, I have never known this time in my entire career. And, um, and I just want to say thank you. I, I have been out with you on the front line and I've also um, been the recipient of many um, concerns and challenges and I just want to thank all for maternity and particularly Sheena Byron for raising things to my attention. If we don't know, we can't act, but thank you for everything that you've done. We have seen, obviously still in the global pandemic, sickness, death, fear. We've had to suspend some of our services to ensure that we keep everybody safe. We've had to suspend some of our national ambitions. And I know continuity of carer continues to be a challenge, but because of your feedback, because we've listened, because people have come my way and shared, we have changed our guidance to ensure that at the very start of our continuity of care of guidance, based on what you've said, there are building blocks that are now in place that you have to achieve before further rollout. So you can't go any further with continuity of care until you have safe staffing, education of staff and engagement of staff. They're the building blocks and we talk about that in the guidance. So please share with everybody. You can't get to the targets on page 10. You can't get to the other things on page 13 unless you have the building blocks in place. That's because we have listened to what you have said. We have had the Health Select Committee um, uh, review, at which Matthew Jolly, National Clinical Director, and I have had to give evidence on three occasions um, about safe maternity care. We have had the Afghanistan resettlement programme. We have had the fuel crisis. Everything that's happened in this amazing society that we live in has impacted on maternity services. So thank mm. you to those of you that have shared on Twitter, at JDB, Woman Birthing Airside, do something. Um, you know, <laughs> these are some of the challenges and, and, and items that have been raised, and, and quite rightly so too. Um, but um, we need a little bit of a heads up before that time. But I just want to say 
we have gone through quite a torrid time. We've lost some of our midwives and their loss um, makes me stronger. I stand in solidarity with every single 24, 24 and a half thousand midwives in our amazing country standing side by side wanting you. Sheena mentioned something about she didn't say revisiting your first love and I was trying to write it down as she spoke it but there was something about just remembering repatriating yourself to where you were at the start of your journey let's just remember that when the going gets tough we are in the middle of um, Omicron or at the start of the Omicron variant we've had challenges with the Delta variant you've dealt with that phenomenally we have lost pregnant mums because they haven't been vaccinated and I could go on and on but what I want to say looking back is a huge heartfelt thank you for everything that you have done please continue to share I'm listening to those who are um, uh, the marching for midwives I'm listening to the um, you know Cheryl Samuels um, change.org um, uh, petition 118 119 120,000 signatures um, lobbying government I'm listening to the hashtag say no to bullying um, lead and we will be pulling this together with the help of Byram and Byram um, next year to ensure that we move forward in a positive way for you and more significantly for women and families that we serve. But looking forward, what I'd say, the 2022 from me to you is I want maternity services in England to be the safest place in the world to be pregnant, to birth, and transition into parenthood and for that to be an equitable journey regardless of the color of your skin the postcode where you live or your socio-economic status mm. everybody deserves that equal chance and in 2022 for all of you for every midwife and obstetrician and our support staff to to feel valued respected and invested in now that's a tall order but I've got a lot of energy along with the national team and the regional chief midwives to make some of those things a reality and together because we can't do it alone together we can achieve that ambition all of us wherever you are and whatever your role is we can achieve that together so they're my ambitions for 2022 I could go on there's no time but just thank you so much for listening and again a heartfelt thank you for everything that you have done and everything that what you will continue to do what we do and I'll repeat this I say all the time what we do will ripple through generations your contribution is significant thank you wow Jackie, you always say it so perfectly, beautifully, and, and it's so right from the, the, the kind of the wish to, for us to have the best maternity services in the world, for everybody to have an equitable chance of the proper care. Perfect. And also to, for our staff to be invested and care and, and, and really, I suppose it's about respect, isn't it, for, for all of our staff? So thank you so much. Now I'm waiting for any questions from the audience because usually at this point questions come through, but I don't think we sort of highlighted anything to, to throw at our 
wonderful speakers. We do have uh, we do have two prize winners though on the the quiz. I might say those one. I'm just in case any questions come in, and that's Claire Dale, who's a student midwife. Well done, Claire, and Angela Stringfellow, who is a maternity matron in Northumbria. So well done, you two, getting all the questions. I think I think it sounds like the Vicar of Dibley question was the hardest bit, but the answer was four. I couldn't remember anyway. So and I just wondered if anyone else, because I think we've got a, a couple of minutes, if anyone else wanted a, a Christmas wish to put on the tree alongside my, my little friend midwife. Oh, she's a bit, yeah. She goes along with me everywhere. Come on, Nicolette, have you got have you got something? Have you got a wish? I'm sure you do. My Christmas wish is just um going into 2022 for things to smooth out for students. This last year has been quite difficult uh, with a change in so many things. Um when I started my degree, COVID wasn't a thing. Um mm. and um now you're having to adapt to this new situation. So and I think you know. This is a really hard time to be in maternity services, but if you can make it now, I genuinely believe that we can make it at any point during my career. Um, so I, I just hope that there's some more stability for students to really experience a lot more normality going forward in the next year. I think I'd like to say something like, um, I'd, I'd like to put on your tree that we all keep hope in our hearts and that we all recognize that there's always light after dark. And the light is coming and we're part of the change. We are lucky because we're part of that revolution. We're part of that inspiration for the future. And we have to, we have to keep the hope in our hearts and, uh, and, and, it, and it's there. So just that we could put that on the tree. That's on the tree. I'll put it on the tree. <laughs> I will. How about Diane and, and uh, Jenny? I think really for me, it's um, maybe a little bit more international as well. You know, thinking about our colleagues abroad. I mean, some of your early snippets were talking about, you know, the issues in Afghanistan. But, you know, we know there are so many people around the world who are doing amazing work without necessarily the appropriate um PPE, things like that. So my love goes to all of my colleagues I know around the world and every other midwife. My wish is to have a safe and happy new year. Oh, wonderful, Diane. That's fantastic. Because I know we do have many of our audience will be from away out of UK. So thank you. That's lovely. But Jenny, Jenny looked as though she was going to say something. I mean, I guess... <laughs> It, it would be lovely, I think, for, for all our colleagues who are having to work on Christmas Day. Mm. I, I just really hope that you get a break. Mm. And I because I know an awful lot of people have just been keeping going and not getting breaks. And mm. I, I just wish for you all to be able to have some time to to relax at some point. And that that you will be able to feel that we're all thinking of you because I know I'm not working on Christmas Day, but but it's a very, a very, I just hope you get some kindness to each other as well and from the managers and from, from everybody. And 
it's also to all the ambulance staff and all the, all the doctors, all the maternity care assistants, everybody who who has been just working so very hard. And we just really hope that 2022 brings enough stuff and yeah. uh, we can get things moving. Absolutely. That, no, that, and that's a really good to say a big thank you and a big take care to all of our NHS colleagues because we're all a huge, I, I always think of us a big family. So if anyone insults the NHS, dare they, dare they, they insult us all. But, but I don't, Jackie, did you want to say a last wish? I think I've, I've shared things um, <laughs> that have. I but um, it's it really my, my wish is just that we could be kind, compassionate, respect and value each other as well. I, that, that's what I'd add on to my. To that's my... lovely. I think that's a perfect, a perfect finish. So thank you so much to our wonderful, our lovely selection box. If they were chocolates, how delicious would they be? <laughs> oh, All the I... soft centres, I might say. Can I, just, can I just say one thing? Just thank yes, you to you, Sue. Thank you to you. Um, you've you've been there most weeks, um, presenting, hosting these wonderful sessions, these hours for another year. You've done it week in, week out, and um, I just you do it with such grace, and you make everyone feel, even if it's just for that hour, you're so positive the way you present and. And, and give all the information about what's going on. And then you send us a little, little email that, that makes my, me smile. And so, you know, it's thanks to you because you keep, you keep a light burning, you know, for a lot of people. And, and I know you put a lot of effort into it and your positivity really radiates to us all. So thank you for everything that you do. Oh, Sheena, I'm going to have a lump in my throat. Thank <laughs> no, you so much. I couldn't do it without my colleagues, honestly, and the whole team behind. Yeah, absolutely. It includes Catherine, who's behind the scenes. Catherine, yeah. Everything works. And Neil. And Karen and Neil. And Karen and Neil, yeah. And, and Deb and, and Paul, who are also sending out usually questions, questions mm. coming through. We had a comment from Claire, who won the competition, to say thank you to Sue and all the speakers this year. I've learned so much as a student watching the maternity midwifery hour, some really fantastic and relevant topics covered. Merry Christmas to all. So please, anyone who's watching, if that you have topics you want to hear, let us know and we can look at guessing them in the programme. Um, there's no maternity hour next week because we're far too busy doing all the Christmas cooking and getting those puddings ready. <laughs> I've done mine actually um, but we're back on the 12th of January don't forget to book for the 18th of January whether you can come to London or you want to come virtually that's fine and great so in the meantime stay safe stay well get your vaccinations get your boosters wear your mask keep your social distancing get your goodness got all these things to remember get your hand gel but keep safe and well and look after yourselves and, and, and be kind to yourself because you need to. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for the Maternity and Midwifery Hour. This podcast has been made possible by the team at Maternity and Midwifery Forum and our CPD partners, Matflix. You can sign up at matflix.co.uk. This episode was edited and produced by Catherine Stewart of the Narrowcast Media Group.